Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Sarah Wicked and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Uh, how's COVID been treating you? Um, things over here are great. COVID's not great, but, you know, we're hanging in there. I'm uh, up at my parents in Beaverton, so no cases here and uh, just enjoying the sunshine and we're on the lake, so it's actually it's really nice here. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. So basically out on the lake, enjoying the sunsets? Well, I wasn't out on the lake today because it was kind of crappy out. A couple of days ago, we're, so we're just finishing up my EP, and a couple of days ago, I had my two producers over, and we did pre-production back on the deck outside, and every time we finished up a song, we went for a swim, and then at the end of the night, we went for like a little sunset water ski on the boat, and so that was really cool, because I'm a total water baby, and to combine water with music it's really, it was really fun. Okay. Okay, so like some swimming, some skiing, surfing. I I gotcha, I gotcha. I I see how you do. Yeah, I've never surfed. I'm more of like a skier, but (laughs) anything water-related is my jam. All right, so so what I'm getting here, Sarah, you're saying that your dream concert for you is to have like a Sarah Wicked concert out on the lake. You know, instead of like, you know, uh, drive-in movies or people going to this arena – you would just like have everyone, you know, being out in boats, watching you, maybe performing on like a, a platform they have in the lake. <laughs> I actually thought about that because um, my parents have a lot of friends down the lake and I was like, it would be really cool to just have a concert like on the boat and just be like boating very slowly down the lake and entertaining the whole beach. I don't think anyone's ever done that, so... <laughs> So, like, tell me about growing up in, like, a small town of uh, Beaverton and, you know, where your musical influence kind of came from. Uh, was it in the family genes, per se? Yeah. Um, I mean, life in Beaverton was super easy. Obviously, uh, growing up in a really small town, it has just under 3,000 people. So it's very much your typical one street. Everybody knows everybody, kind of small town. Uh, kind of trying to start up a, com- a music career in Beaverton is not very uh, likely. So I decided to move to the city to pursue my music career. But yeah, just touching on my my family being super musical. My dad always played guitar around me and was always singing and playing when we were younger. So that's kind of where the influence came from. And then later on, we actually found out, well, we knew that my dad was um, adopted, but we found out his biological father was a famous jazz drummer. So we think that's also where the inspiration came from. So See, that's yeah. that's interesting about your dad there, because, I mean, how, how did you find out about this? Because, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff you see on TV shows, right? I think his adopted parents are very open 
with him, they adopted uh, quite a few children. They weren't able to have children of their own. So they adopted. So it was it was known. And then I'm not really sure or don't really remember when I found out. But recently he's found his biological mom. And so that's kind of how he tried to find his dad as well. That's cool, though, that they were uh, open about it. Because, you know, sometimes some families aren't. And then you had to go digging. Yeah. So, Sarah, your EP is coming out. Uh, what's the emotions? Like, is it shock, excitement, nervousness? You know, do you need to get a glass of water here? Like, what, what's going through your mind? I'm super excited. We did have to push it to a farther date than we initially planned just because of COVID and everything. But it's going to allow me to kind of really dive deeper into the songs and allow us more time, which I think is only for the better. And yeah, a lot of the songs are very different from the next song. So I really like that. I'm excited because I haven't, well, I've released an EP before, but I feel like this time it's it's different and there's more songs on it and it's just exciting because I'm, I'm growing and it's good. No, no, I love your answer there. I like how you said that every song is, is different because, you know, there are some artists out there that you grow accustomed to them and you like that they're, they sound similar. Like, yeah, every song is a little bit different, but in a sense, it's similar. Same kind of vibe, same kind of message. And then you have other bands or other artists out there that every song is different you know, you might not like every song, but that's kind of the catch-22 of things, where it does sound different. But it's unique, and you like it because it's unique. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I just feel like every song definitely doesn't sound the same, but it, it they all tie in together, but they all have a completely different vibe. Now, see, I grew up, I'm a 90s kid, I, I, again... I grew up on like Shania Twain, the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, S Club. I could go on and on. Just basically 90s pop gold. Uh, you know, I would try my best to sing the Backstreet Boys, but like with a Newfoundland accent, it's not as, say, romantic or appealing. Like, tell me why he ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why he ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why he... It's not... I know I kind of, you know, exaggerate that a bit, but like, you know, it's like, tell me why. Tell me why, bye. It's not... You know, girls aren't coming up screaming to you going, Ah! Oh my god, you're the best! They're more or less like, oh my god, ew, get away from me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> tell me a little bit about that. Like, did you ever lip sync to Britney or Christina? Uh, I definitely loved Britney this much. Just Christina was more of a challenge to sing, which I love a good challenge. So um, I loved singing her songs more than I did Britney's songs when it came to that. But yeah, I loved them both listening. I had all of their albums, so. That's interesting. Uh, like, you know, some songs that stick out for me with Christina is, you know, Hurt, Genie in a Bottle, uh, Milan Rouge, the soundtrack that she did for that. Uh, I believe it's like something, uh, Mirror. Again, these are so dated that if I seen them, I'd remember it. But Reflections, there you go. What kind of songs stuck out for you with Christina? Oh my gosh, all of them. <laughs> I really loved So Emotional. Not one of her most popular songs, but that one is really funky and it's cool and I like singing to it. I Turn to You just because that one's such a hard song to sing. I would try to, I would spend hours just trying to get that one riff where she's like screaming her head off. 
And then when she came out with um, Back to Basics, I really loved singing Hurt. A lot of really good songs on that album, too. I always have a soft spot for Shania Twain, maybe because I'm Canadian. She's like our pop country princess, a female Garth Brooks, if you will. You know, I got her up there with like Reba, Terry Clark, Faith Hill, Martina McBride, the list goes on and on. But she's up there. She's like on a Mount Rushmore of female acts. And we've had acts on like Kara Isabella, who will back me up on this, that I know for sure. And I think Olivia Lunny and Allie uh, may have mentioned this as well. Uh, I definitely know Kara did for sure about Up being the CD that got them into country music or country pop. Mm -hmm. And I believe yours is a similar story? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) 100% spot on with that one. Yeah, her Up album, I think, was the one that introduced me to it, just because that kind of came out when I was just about that age. And yeah, I knew every song and every word. And I just feel like she really opened up a lot of doors for female country artists and kind of made me realize like, wow, I, I can do this as as a country singer. And yeah, I mean, I grew up on pop and then she came out and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. See, that's funny that uh, you and Kara probably are watching like the same countdown, same video or hearing the song like at at the same time, you know, like just sitting down on a couch or sitting down with friends and family around. And it's like a much music top 20 or a Chevy top 20. Or I think she was on like a much more music's top 20. So it's funny because you're watching a country countdown and a pop countdown. And she's on both. And you're like, whoa, crossover. So it's kind of cool that at this time, so say you're watching a country one or, you know, Kara's watching the pop one. You know, both of you are watching this and basically saying... That, that right there, I want to do that. That's so funny. Yeah, I love Kira. She's so great. I was just listening to her, like, full albums the other day. She's so good. Well, hopefully Kira appreciates the shout-out. Imagine she's just there like, who is this? Like, I'm Kira Isabella. (laughs) I think she knows who I am, so... (laughs) I come from a Carlton background of communications. You went to Ryerson for journalism. So how did that end up leading you to, to music? I think it all just kind of tied in. I really loved writing, like writing stories, writing um, articles and writing songs. I was, English was like my subject and I enjoyed being in the spotlight as well. So (laughs) I thought journalism would be perfect and my parents wanted me to go to school. They didn't want me to just move to the city and try to do music. So journalism was the, the backup plan and I loved the program so much. It was so much fun. And uh, I really wanted to be like an entertainment reporter or something like that on like entertainment tonight. But it's super competitive, as I'm sure you know. And my passions just kind of went elsewhere. So like, tell me about this a little bit more. Like you're doing journalism by day. And how are you getting into like perform or get into the music experience side of things? Because I can believe it's, you know, pretty stressful tiresome to kind of manage both like you know you're trying to get your journalism stuff done by day writing going to classes but yet still pursuing the music sometimes for sure luckily I had like I was with a good band then and they helped out a lot to kind of help me get into the more music side of things because moving to the city I didn't even really know how to start the music stuff so I ended up finding this one drummer and he 
really, really helped me a lot, even just finding rehearsal places and things like that. So, yeah, but and then just like even just in school, I learned so much about music. Like I was I actually interviewed Madeline Merlot and she was just coming up and she just released Honey Jack. Oh, wow. Um, and so okay. that was really cool talking to her. And just like I was I was like, I want to be doing what she's doing. So basically, you're taking notes as a journalist, but learning as a musician. So you're getting the best of both worlds. The perfect disguise, if you will. Clark Kent by day, Superman by night, Bruce Wayne by day, Batman by night. You get where I'm going. Yeah. Like, what came first for you? You know, it's the classic egg or the chicken or chicken or the egg situation. Like, did you prefer singing in a band? And then we're like, you know what? I could learn an instrument here. I could be a double threat. Or is it more or less like, you know what? I don't really feel like singing. I don't feel confident enough. So maybe if I just start, you know, strumming this guitar or learn an instrument and then maybe I'll get used to the singing part. Like, did someone kind of say to you, geez, you're so good at guitar. Why don't you sing? Like, ex explain this a little bit more. I'm really interested. Chicken or egg? Guitar or singing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a guitar class was offered in my high school. So I really wanted to learn, again, because my dad played and he was always kind of trying to teach me. But I feel like I just need structure in my life. So <laughs> guitar class, yeah. <laughs> And I didn't love singing along to like karaoke versions on YouTube. So I just wanted to be able to play my own stuff and be in full control of the key of the song and all that stuff. I, I want to mention this too, because it, it's, you know, topical. We just had the Junos a few weeks back, a, a different type of Junos, if you will. But you were actually asked, I believe, in 2019, so last year's, to walk the red carpet. Like, I, I know when they were in Ottawa, I really wanted to be a part of it, even just to walk up and get some interviews but like that had to be kind of fun did you enjoy it what did they have you do did you like kind of walk up and be like sarah wicked in the house everybody bounce that. <laughs> yeah i was blown away by the invitation just because at that point i hadn't really been doing too much with music up front i was writing and preparing for kind of like this chapter that i'm in now so i hadn't released anything in a year i was just kind of really trying to build up my social media platforms doing different things like that and then td reached out to me and they were just looking for people to come walk the carpet and yeah they asked, asked me to go and i went out and bought a nice dress and it was my my first red carpet, and it was it was really cool. We got to watch the show and went to some of the the parties, and it was a good weekend. Did you meet anyone there? Or see anyone like you knew or kind of looked up to, or kind of was like, oh man, like I remember hearing their music on the radio, where I'm hearing their music right now, and I'm literally just a few feet away from them. Yes, um, Megan Patrick and the Rec Laws walked right before me. Um, I actually invited Robin Adelini. She's another up and coming artist uh, to come to come walk it with me. So we did that together. And there was Tyler Shaw was on the carpet with us. There was a lot of bigger artists there as well. So that was I was definitely nervous, but it was it was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Uh, like, did you walk up to him and be like, yo, uh, sign this, sign this shirt for me, or take a picture with me, or hey, you know what? Sing on my, sing on my next album. Me and you, duet. No. <laughs> oh come on! This is like, this is your chance. I, I mean, I'd be all over it, and then you know, then not get invited back ever, and then, but you know the reason why. 
Well, it's funny because after the carpet, you all walk into there's like a pre-show party. And so they were everyone was in there. But I'm like, I'm a little timid, which can be surprising as a country artist. Robin was definitely more outgoing than me. So she was like, come on, let's go say hi to this person. Let's go to say hi to this person. And we saw Rick Mercer of all people. And so we went up to him and got a picture with him. He was like the only person that no one was talking to really. So. <laughs> oh, poor Rick. Yeah. See, everyone knows not to mess with Rick because they're afraid. Like I can say this as a Newfoundlander and Rick is a Newfoundlander himself, but all Canada knows Rick is famous for ranting. So can you imagine just walking up to Rick having a general conversation, and next minute Rick goes into a full-on rant mode. You're embarrassed. Everyone else is looking around going like, geez, what'd they do to set off poor old Rick Mercer? You know, you don't want to be ranted at. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Let's talk about your new song released actually today. So, timely podcast. What do we do? Just tell me more about that song and, you know, what the meaning is, what the end goal is. Just, you know, explain it. Explain it to me, Sarah. Yeah, I'm in a relationship, a very loving relationship. And, you know, I feel like everyone kind of has these feelings, but guys mostly talk about it in their songs. And so I want to do a song about that. And it's, it's just kind of like a sexy love song about loving on your partner and just being in love and doing what, what we do. So, yeah, I just, I hope end goal would be for women to kind of feel empowered and feel comfortable talking more about this kind of stuff. See, when I hear it, I get like Shania Twain, who's been, has your boots been under? Not saying it's a similar song. I'm not saying at all, but just those kind of vibes, just from, I guess, the video itself. I don't know. Don't get in my head. That's just me, though. Yeah, well, the I feel like that Shania song is super, super country compared to mine. But definitely the same kind of message. We kind of referenced Kane Brown as um, one of the like musical inspos for it. I really liked his like R and B slash country vibe. So that was that was kind of the goal. To clue up this interview, do you want to play a game of how Canadian? Okay, sure. <laughs> awesome, cool. As if you had a choice. No, I'm only kidding. So in this kind of concept, you just kind of elaborate on a Canadian story that you know it's. It's so Canadian. Like, once you tell it, someone's going to be like, yeah, that's that's how Canadian of you. So the example I'll give is usually like, you know, Sarah Nurse came on, a female hockey player. She said, slashed the USA player in the knee and apologized to the ref. How Canadian? Because, you know, it's the Canada-USA rivalry. Like, she's not going to apologize to USA player, but yeah, go over and apologize to the ref. <laughs> that's hilarious. God, I feel like there's so many things like every day that I just apologize for when it's not my fault. Maybe like when you have, when someone opens the door for you and you go, like I would go through the door and then I would say sorry instead of like, thank you. Okay, see this is this is hilarious because <laughs> I think that, that you can make like a montage of everyone coming up with that answer because I know Carlton Stone used it, Coleman Hell used it. I believe everyone's first example goes right to that one. And I think that's so funny. They said that? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Sarah Wicket for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. 
For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sane. Thanks for listening and good night. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.